This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Listen to Chris Devitt, best wrestler in the world. Listen to him. He's very close. Earlier on, dickhead, you asked me, what's my problem with New Japan wrestlers? Well, really, my problem lies a lot deeper than just the wrestlers. Machine Gun, yeah. I think, will agree with me yeah. in saying that it's the Japanese people yeah. that the Bullet Club have a problem with. Yeah. You may bow to our faces, but as soon as we turn around, you're stabbing us in the back. You're afraid to look in our eyes because you know that if you do, we'll see guilt written all over your face. As far, shut the fuck up. Shut up, Michigan. Don't touch me. Don't touch him. What? As far as Okada goes, he stands for everything that's wrong with the Japanese people. All they care about Machine Gun, all they care about Tama, is money and material objects. But we are something that money can't buy, bitches. We're real fucking shooters. Not like you little pansies. Gato's fallen today. Olympus, Okada will fall in Akita. Bulletproof, Bullet Club. Sing. Give it to him. Did you catch all that? You know the combination. You're listening to Music of the Mat on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to Music of the Mat, the podcast devoted exclusively to the music of pro wrestling. It's all part of the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. I'm your host, Andrew Rich. This is episode 66 and it's going to be about the themes of Finn Balor a.k.a. Prince Devitt. And to help me do just that is another fine Irish lad. It's Lee Malone. Hello, Lee. Hello, Andrew. Thanks for having me back on the show again. Yeah, I'm glad you're back on, for sure. It's been uh, over a year at this point since the last time you were on the show, actually. Um, and since then, funny enough, since then, you've started your own wrestling podcast, haven't you? I... Uh, called Days of Thunder where for some reason you're you're watching every single episode of WCW Thunder which to me is just it's insane to think about Lee. <laughs> yeah, uh that 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 uh, podcast came about because of like having a conversation in Germany while we were at a WXW show and just we were like wouldn't it be cool if we did this. And yeah, we're doing it and it's properly insane. <laughs> but for for some reason people enjoy it so we're going to keep doing it. Where are you now in the timeline? Are you still on 98? Yeah, we're still. We're uh, we're into April. I think we're on the road to Spring Stampede. So we're, we're very much in NWO in turmoil territory. Okay, cool, cool. I mean, you've still got, Jesus, 99, 2000. That's going to get real ugly real quick, I think. <laughs> that That's what we're hoping for. But with Thunder, you just, <laughs> you just don't know. <laughs> well, uh, Godspeed, sir. Godspeed. Uh. <laughs> But uh, anyway, we are here to talk about the themes of good old Fergal Devitt, uh, known for many years as Prince Devitt in New Japan in the Indies, and now known as Finn Balor in WWE. 
maybe not the best time to talk about Balor right now because he did just get his neck snapped by the Fiend at SummerSlam. So, uh, but then again, then again, a few ice packs, some ointment. He'll be good to go, Lee, you know? <laughs> I'm sure he'll still look good in a wedding suit. Right, yes. <laughs> Thankfully, the abs will be okay. Thank God for that. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, Balor is a guy who I've been a fan of for quite a while. Um, I actually, I first got into him when I was first getting into New Japan, which was around 2013 or so. And that was great because it was Bullet Club era Prince Davitt who was having these good matches, but he was also very fun to watch from a character standpoint with his promos and his personality, you know, with the whole uh, Captain Folk in New Japan, get the <laughs> folk out of here. And, you know, <laughs> wrestling Tanahashi with the acoustic guitar and uh, wrestling Shibata with the boxing gloves. He was a really good dickhead heel. And then I went back and watched the Apollo 55 run, which was great, and then when he went to WWE and became Finn Balor, I started watching him there too. Um, so what about you, Lee? When did you start watching him? Well, see, I was in around the Irish wrestling scene when Finn was only starting up uh, NWA Ireland. So I've heard about uh, Fergal Devitt, as it were, for, God, since like 2005, 2006. And I actually only ever saw him on one show over here which is crazy to think about like considering the amount of shows i went to and stuff but because there was like two separate wrestling schools it was like you you went to one maybe you didn't go to the other and that kind of stuff but um yeah god I, i've been hearing about virgil since since he started basically and then obviously i didn't watch a ton of new japan in the early to mid 2000s and then i only start getting in around the okada era so i've only like kind of dipped in and out when he was starting the bullet club but having gone back and watched a lot of the stuff like you really like you said he was great around then the, the proper dickhead heel and then ever since he's gone to wwe obviously i've seen most of his stuff yeah i, I mentioned this in the podcast before but um the first progress match i ever saw was devitt versus saber and that kicked open the door for me to progress and to other uk indies and it's funny He's not a guy that you would normally associate with the UK indie boom of the 2010s because he wasn't really part of it all that much. You know, he was there before, as you said, of course, and um, during it, he was, you know, in New Japan or WWE. But still, he's from that area. He's from Ireland. And I'm sure to a lot of guys who are wrestling in Ireland right now and to the guys who were part of that big UK indie boom, like a, a Pete Dunne or Mark Andrews or, or Tyler Bate or whoever... I'm sure he's a very big influence on those guys because uh, in terms of, of working hard and grinding your nose to the pavement and making it big in your careers, he's a prime example of, of how to do it. Plus, you know, he trained Jordan Devlin and Becky Lynch, and those are two pretty big names right now, I, I'd say. So <laughs> he's, he's definitely made his mark for sure, Lee. Oh, I think for sure, like the fact that uh, Fergal was accepted into the New Japan Dojo like to to be able to say that we had an Irish guy that was in the dojo, like even though it was like kind of the, the dark days of New Japan as we were in around that time, but like to hear about like you'd hear even though like I wasn't like the smartest fan, you'd hear about this Irish guy on the undercards of New Japan shows, and then he's building up and building up. So like I can imagine the guys that were wrestling here at the time it was like that was the inspiration. Like if you could get to that, you'd made it, you know. Right, right, yeah. I mean, he started the Bullet Club, for crying out loud, you know? <laughs> Him turning heel on Taguchi and forming the Bullet Club, the chain of events that has stemmed from that moment is, is incredible. I mean, you've got the AJ Styles run in New Japan. You've got the rise of Kenny Omega to superstardom 
the elite, all in AEW. Uh, I mean, the wrestling landscape, as we know it, has changed dramatically because this kid from Bray County Wicklow said, no more Mr. Nice Guy, no more Apollo 54. <laughs> I can only do the impression like a few sentences at a time, so that, that's it. But but seriously though, I, he, obviously he didn't intend for this stuff to happen, but still, that moment over six years ago at this point, that really is where it all began. Now, that also means he's responsible for the librarians, so it hasn't all been great, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Swings and roundabouts, as they say, Lee, but um, still, Devitt's, uh, his influence has definitely been felt in, in different ways. Oh, for sure. That, Like you say, that, that one moment has changed, like, I don't want to say that moment changed the industry, but it has led to the industry changing, as it were. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, as far as these themes go, we're going to start off here in 2007. Devitt, at that point, had been wrestling for about seven years in Ireland, uh, UK, US. Had a little bit of uh, New Japan experience under his belt as well. And in 07, he was chosen to be part of a tournament called Reclaiming the Glory. And this was when the NWA and TNA split up. So the NWA world title was now vacant, and they needed a new champion. So they did this whole tournament and had guys like Adam Pearce, who was the eventual winner. They had guys like... Claudio Castagnoli, Osamu Nishimura, Brent Albright, Mikey Nichols, Brian Danielson, and Fergal Devitt. And Devitt and Danielson actually wrestled in a quarterfinal match in scenic North Tonawanda, New York, in front of like 50 people. The match is on YouTube. And for his entrance, Devitt used this song as his theme. It's by the Beastie Boys off of their debut album, Licensed to Ill. It's Brass Monkey. watch the video of this match it's very funny because Danielson comes out first to the final countdown which is his iconic theme of course then brass monkey hits and what's so funny about it is first of all Danielson gets this big goofy grin on his face and he starts bopping his head along to the music and then Devitt comes out and he completely no sells the song <laughs> he does not react to the song at all he just comes out gets in the ring which is appropriate because Brass Monkey does not feel like a Devitt song at all, does it, Lee? No, this is not a song I would ever have associated with, with uh, Prince Devitt. Um, when you actually sent me the list of songs, I was like, Brass Monkey? Like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> like, you are saying, like, I wish I had seen this video before we recorded because I can actually imagine Fergal just walking straight to the ring and, like, the music didn't matter at all to him at the time. 
and I can just imagine that um, that uh, contrast where you have this great boppy song, hip hop song, and him just staunchly like almost landstorm esque. I'd imagine walking to the ring. Yeah, it's literally ten seconds. He comes out, quick wave to the fans, and then gets in the ring, and and that, that's it. That's it. Because <laughs> uh, yeah, Brass Monkey. It's a funky hip hop jam. As the chorus goes, Brass Monkey, that funky monkey. And it's based on this sample of a horn section from a song called Bring It Here by Wild Sugar. And Devitt, he's not quite a funky man, (laughs) nor does he come across as a hip-hop aficionado. So the overall sound of the song and the genre don't quite match up with his whole vibe. And I don't think that any era or persona of Devitt's would match up with this song at all, Dee. No, um, as we'll see as we go through the show, like there's a couple of different genres of song that Fergal will use and hip hop most definitely is not one that I would ever have associated with uh, with Fergal um, this song I would mostly associate with Mike Bailey right yeah yeah um, because obviously he would attend he'd be on a lot of OTT shows so when I saw this I was like that's that speedball song <laughs> you know <laughs> um, but yeah very much even listening like you ever hear it like on Spotify playlist or anything like it's just like think of speedball i don't think of finn balor (laughs) yeah yeah and the song is about going to a club and drinking uh because brass monkey is a type of cocktail and oh sorry go ahead go ahead sorry i was just gonna say like i only discovered that by reading up on the lyrics i was like i had no idea what a a brass monkey was yeah and there are references to moad and chivas and 40 ounces and all that stuff. And uh, part of the song, it's also about giving a girl some Spanish fly. Not the wrestling move, not that. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, Spanish fly, the aphrodisiac. Uh, And the song, it goes, This girl walked by, she gave me the eye. I reached in the locker, grabbed the Spanish fly. I put it with the monkey, mixed it in the cup, went over to the girl. Yo, baby, what's up? I offered her a sip-sip. The girl, she gave me lip-lip. It did begin, the stuff wore in, and now she's on my tip. In hindsight, maybe not the most appropriate lyrics in the world, yeah, uh, for obvious reasons. Uh, but also, also, I have seen what a drunk Fergal Devitt looks like. And it was at the Champions League final a few months ago, where he's being interviewed by his reporter girlfriend, and he's had a few too many to drink. <laughs> uh, but luckily, he's not a creepy, pervy drunk He's just a really happy, giggly drunk, which is nice to know, Lee. I think he was in that like perfectly happy place where he'd had a, enough drink and he was just happy to be with his soon-to-be wife. And it was a big day, you know. Spurs fans don't normally get much to cheer, so <laughs> he seemed very—he seemed like a good drunk to be around. So we're going to move on now to New Japan, which was Devitt's home for many years, starting in '06. They changed his name to Prince Devitt because Fergal is a little hard to say when you're Japanese. (laughs) And uh, the first bit of his New Japan career, uh, it was a little weird because on the regular New Japan shows, he was just Prince Devitt. But on the WrestleLand shows, which was this short-lived developmental brand, kind of like Never was back in the day or Lionsgate, uh, Devitt was wrestling under a mask as Pegasus Kid 2. And, of course, the first Pegasus Kid was Chris Benoit. And as Pegasus Kid 2, Devitt had a similar mask and similar tights. And he had the same music as Pegasus Kid 1. This is by Eskimo. And it's their version of the Van Halen classic jump. 
This is Jump DJ Power Mix. This one is a real throwback. Uh, the original version, of course, came out in 84. This one came out in 89. And it, it really does sound of the time. Uh, the heavy use of synths, the drum machine, the soft female vocals, the dance club vibes. It, it's all very 80s. And me personally, I do like this version of the song quite a bit. And really, the whole Pegasus Kid 2 gimmick is itself a throwback to the original version. So, yeah, compared to a lot of Devitt's other themes, it may seem out of date, but I think in the context of the gimmick and the circumstances, it works quite well for him, uh, Lee. See, I'm the opposite of you. I hated the song. Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought it was terrible. <laughs> um, yeah, like, I, I get the whole dance and, like, the electronic stuff, and it, it fits with the Pegasus Kid 2, you know, carrying on the theme song from the Benoit era. But, God, I hated this so much. <laughs> I, I always remember, uh, like, in the mid-2000s when we'd be going out, going to clubs, I remember there was, like, a, a Sweet Child of Mine uh, kind of dance mix, and it had the female vocals, and I hated that as well. <laughs> and it's it's not that I hate female vocalists, it's just maybe I heard this and associated with that, I don't know, I just did not like this at all. <laughs> well, that's a shame, that's a shame, but uh, different strokes, I guess, you know, all that stuff. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I, I think the theme of the song is somewhat uh, relatable to Devitt as well, because it's about trying to convince a girl to go out with you and trying to convince her to make the jump and take a chance. And Devitt himself was taking a similar risk. You know, he was jumping into this whole new world by moving to Japan and joining New Japan's dojo and becoming part of the system. He probably didn't know how long it would last, or how it would go, or what this Pegasus Kid 2 gimmick would lead to. He jumped in and took a chance, and clearly it paid off for him in the long run there, Lee. Oh yeah, for sure. Like I, that That's a great reference, um, that he's jumping into something new, something unknown. And yeah, like like you say, obviously it worked out in the long term, but like that, that big risk was there, and I can see how you, you tie that to the song very nicely. <laughs> Yeah, and I think the tone of it works too, because the original Van Halen version, it's got that real, you know, rock and roll swagger to it, and 
there's a bit of a bad boy vibe about it as well. This version is this new wavy dance mix. It's softer in tone. I think it's a bit more innocent and light than the original version is. And I think given that Devitt has this Pegasus Kid 2 gimmick and he's this you know standard young babyface, he's not exuding any of that rock and roll aura that he would get later on. So I think it works well for him in that sense too. Yeah, yeah I totally see that, yeah. Well, I mentioned that he was Pegasus Kid 2 in Russell Land, and on the main roster, he was still Prince Devitt. He would soon join the heel stable CTU, Control Terrorism Unit, and his initial theme song, as Prince Devitt, was only used for a short while, 06-07. It's by the Arctic Monkeys, off of their debut album, Whatever People Say I Am, That's What I'm Not. This is called When the Sun Goes Down. And I've seen him with girls of the night And he'd sold Roxanne to put on her red light They're all infected but he'll be alright Cause he's a scumbag, don't you know I said he's a scumbag, don't you know This one is definitely a lot more contemporary because he started using it in 06 and it came out that year, 06. And I remember when this album came out, it was a huge hit. So no surprise really that somebody would capitalize on this thing and make it a wrestling theme. And no surprise as well that Devitt would use it because he's this young guy, mid-twenties, originally from the Ireland slash UK scene, has that, that young punkish attitude about him. Certainly, it makes for a much better and more contemporary fit than Brass Monkey would, I think, Lee. Yeah, definitely. Like this was, I think this was very of the time kind of thing, and um, obviously, Virgil would, would probably still have had links back home, and people would have been like, he would have been in on the scene, but whether it was music, sport, whatever. So him picking the Arctic Monkeys in 2006 totally fits. I can see exactly why. Um, the song, like, it's not an electric start to the song you know it's just one guy and a guitar and like I, I can't remember ever seeing him come out with the song with this song so it's kind of a weird fit in my mind to see him coming out to this but I, I think it will work yeah I'm pretty sure they started it when the song kicked in that's oh, when it okay. started yeah that would make more sense yeah yeah but um, I, I think the subject matter is quite interesting too because it's about this guy who is observing a hooker and this mysterious scummy dude who is likely your pimp. I said, who's that girl there? I wonder what went wrong so that she had to roam the streets. She don't do major credit cards. I doubt she does receipts. It's all not quite legitimate. And what a scummy man. 
Just give him half a chance. I bet he'll rob you if he can. Gives off this element of danger and malice. And it's not like Devitt at this point was giving off that same sense of danger and malice. Because I think I think Bullet Club era, Devitt did that much better, obviously. But still, he, he's meant to be a young punk. He's in CTU, which is this heel stable of young punks like Minoru Tanaka and you know Gato and Jado and the black-suited Liger is in there too. And I think a song that at least sounds like this still works well enough for him, Lee. Yeah, it has a bit more... Um... That, that punkish attitude, yeah, that kind of, that little bit more danger. He's not quite to where he'd be in the belt, the Bullet Club, but it, like, suits that kind of, like you say, young upstart, shall we say, within the within the group, and that kind of, that just attitude he would have. Um, I do like the, the link between the last one where he was trying to pick someone up to now talking about uh, Lady of the Night, shall we say, <laughs> um, being picked up by some scumbag, and... Uh, yeah, it's kind of a, a weird carryover from song to song. Yeah, and, and I think as well it works as a good counterbalance to Jump, because Pegasus Kid and Jump have this older, nostalgic feel to them. They're a bit easier to swallow, so to speak. Devitt coming out to Arctic Monkeys, it's rougher around the edges, it's younger, it's a lot more in-your-face. The topic of the song is a lot cruder. And Devitt here is not going for this ode to the past with Pegasus Kid. He's Prince Devitt. He's a young Irish superstar. He's the hot new thing. And him having this contemporary post-punk revival song goes along with that. I think that like the first signs of him being his own man in New Japan would be having this having this song, you know? So in 2007, Devitt got a new theme song, one that would uh, accompany him for the bulk of his New Japan career, 07 to 2013. And his theme song now is by Joe Esposito, from the original Karate Kid movie in 84, this is You're the Best. Try to be best, cause you're only a man, and a man's got to learn to take it. Try to believe, though the going gets rough, that you gotta hang tough to make it. History repeats itself, try and you succeed. Never doubt that you're the one. Put him in a body bag, Devitt. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, we're back to the 80s again for what is uh, really a, a quintessential 80s song. Uh, you can't get more 80s than this one, I don't think. And it's a quintessential montage song as well. I think any time there's been a montage in a movie or TV show about fighting or getting in shape for a competition, it, usually this song is playing over it. Because, of course, in the movie... This song plays over a montage of Daniel in the karate competition at the end. And yeah, it's a very cheesy song by today's standards, obviously. But, you know, wrestling and cheesiness, they go hand in hand quite often, I think. So 
I think it makes for a, a pretty decent wrestling theme. And Devitt, I think he's a guy who in real life is uh, probably very cheesy himself there, Lee. Oh yeah, I think this song perfectly fits uh, Prince Devitt at the time. Um, like, it, to me, like, it's iconic, I think. Like, it's a perfect fit between Prince Devitt and um, this song. Like, it just... Well, for what lack of personality he may have had, like being just the kind of clean cut baby face, you have this like perfect song to bring him out to, and uh, I I I love this song. I just I just think it's great. Like every time it comes on, you're just bopping away, and I love it. Yeah, if you look at Devitt's career arc around this time, the song is pretty true to life because after he got the song, he started winning lots of belts. You know, he he won the IWGP Junior Tag Belts uh, first with Minoru Tanaka. And then with Deguchi in Apollo 55, he won Best of the Super Juniors in 2010 for the first time. He won the IWGP Junior Heavyweight title three times as well. He was slowly but surely becoming the best around and becoming the ace of the juniors. So this whole inspirational, try your best to win them all, fight till the end, find the strength within you, you're the best around stuff. Yeah, it's cheesy, of course, but it's also true. Oh yeah, and like I can totally see people buying into that, like... Like this nice guy, he's just gonna try his hardest and he's gonna do his best and he's gonna get there in the end, you know. Um, I I I do love that. Uh, currently in OTT, um, be cool comes out to this song, and it's still used and it still gets a great pop from everyone, like because we just love this and like I think it is like a a little nod to uh Fergal. Right, right, yeah, and I I think with a song like this, the way that it's perceived depends on who's using it. Because with Devitt, yeah, it's cheesy, but that cheesiness is offset by the fact that Devitt was winning and was improving. Whereas if it was like a heel or a jobber, it would be seen as ironic or trying to get heel heat. Yeah. And that's true for other sports as well, I think, because I believe uh, Manny Pacquiao used this as his entrance theme once. And given who he is, I'd say that there's no irony at all in him coming out to you're the best around. Whereas if it was, you know, Joe Schmo who lost all his fights, then yeah, it's not going to have the same effect. I, I could see like a jobber in AEW coming out to this <laughs> or like the, the, the irony of it all. Yeah, I think ultimately, you know, looking back on Devitt using this song and the Arctic Monkeys as well, it just reminds you that it, it wasn't that long ago that New Japan were using these mainstream songs for their wrestlers you know i mean i know the 80s and 90s were rife with it but this is up to 2013 we're talking about here and obviously as time goes on and, and new japan gets on ipay-per-view and Ustream and new japan world that's going to change and they're going to start using more and more in-house themes for the wrestlers but it's interesting to think it was only six years ago at this point that devitt was still coming out to this song yeah it, it seems to be a thing as that we're going through a lot now with wrestling companies where they grow and grow and then the music seems to just change and it becomes less mainstream and more in-house and yeah it's kind of crazy to think that like you say just six five six years ago new japan did not care about any licensing <laughs> when they came to music you know yeah yeah i mean thank god for mexico i guess so you know thank <laughs> god for them because lucha does not give a fuck about copyright laws do they oh boy <laughs> So uh, anyway, in April 2013, Prince Devitt shocks the world by turning heel on longtime tag partner Ryusuke Taguchi. Apollo 55 is no more, 
the Irish captor is no more. That was his old nickname. Now he was the real rock and roller. He was this giant cocky dickhead with his new bouncer, Bad Luck Fale. And that, of course, would lead to the formation of Bullet Club with Devitt, Fale, Carl Anderson, and Tamatanga. And with this new heel turn, Devitt got new music. This is by Inosuke Kitamura off of NJPW Greatest Music 2. This is Real Rock and Rolla. <laughs> So if I could sum up this song in just one word, it would be badass. This is just a badass song. The grimy EDM that just blasts in your ear from the get-go. Wow, wow, real rock and roll up. It feels dirty. It feels aggressive. It feels like a complete 180 from You're the Best. You know, because that song, it worked for David, but it still felt a bit cheesy and dated and cutesy. This is just no-nonsense, it's dangerous, it's badass, and it's contemporary. And it's the perfect song for this new incarnation of Prince Devitt, Lee. Yeah, th- this is like a total 180 from the, the cheesiness of You're the Best to just this dirty, grimy dance music, and it just it fits so much with the character shifts. It was like just a perfect marriage again between song and uh, and car- wrestling character. Um, I love this. I think this is... This is my favorite song throughout the whole episode. I love this one so much. I wish he could have this again. Um, but yeah, it, it just like it, this song sounds tough. It sounds dirty. It sounds mean. It just it fit exactly what uh, David became. Yeah, with this song and the real rock and roll gimmick, it feels like I don't want to say that he's matured because he was just a giant dickhead, but still he. He's definitely got a real edge to him now. He's no longer just the plucky Irish youngster who is trying to be the best and put all his heart into it and so forth. Now he's the leader of a faction. He's the boss. Him and his boys are going to kick your ass. And the music tells you all that. It took away any semblance of pluckiness and the underdog spirit and nice safe 80s rock and roll. Now we've got aggression and intensity and those pounding EDM beats that are just a cacophony of noise. The only irony being, of course, that the song is called Real Rock and Rolla, but it's not rock and roll. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's EDM. So, yeah, it's a little ironic, I guess, but still, it, it's a great song. Yeah, like I say, I love it. Um, I love the, the distortion in the voice on the track. I can't quite make out what, what it's saying, but it's like... 
it just fits it all so much. Like they just, it's like they almost don't want you to know what they're saying. Yeah, I couldn't make it out either. Uh, something like real shadow or, or close to that. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But um, you know what this all reminds me of? It reminds me of Kenny Omega when he signed with New Japan and joined the Bullet Club. And he went from having the fun Mega Man music that he had for so long in DDT to having Devil Sky, which is this much more intense, apocalyptic kind of song that had an edge to it. And Kenny himself went through a transformation, of course, because he started wearing the black trunks and the black coat and the sunglasses and dyeing his hair and acting like a maniacal villain, just like Devitt did. You know, he became this evil, more pronounced character. So there's an interesting connection there, I think, between the two guys who are also former Bullet Club leaders. Yeah, that, that, that's a good point. Yeah, it's like when they undergo this like massive character shift that the song plays such an important part that, you know, they have just this, like like I say, total 180 from one to the other. And like the, the music plays such a big part in that. Well, on January 4th, 2014, at Wrestle Kingdom 7, uh, Devitt defended the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship against Kota Ibushi, which would turn out to be both Devitt's last Wrestle Kingdom and his last title match in New Japan. He used a special version of his theme song at the event. This is also by Kitamura off of NJBW Greatest Music 3. This is Real Rock and Rolla Breaking Point Tokyo Dome version. So there are two things that make this different than the original version. Uh, first is the spooky intro with the bell and the Latin chanting and the muted percussion and ooh, it's all so scary. And then the lightning crashes and you get the record scratch, real rock and roll up, and it goes from there. And the rest of the song, it's not completely different, but they have definitely gone in and tinkered around a little bit and changed some things. Uh, I, know, I know there was a, a lengthy bridge section where it's kind of stripped down in this one. But uh, overall, it, it's definitely meant to be a big match version of Devitt's theme. And considering it's Wrestle Kingdom and the Tokyo Dome, then it's a, a pretty good place to use it. Lee. Yeah, I, I think that the build-up to the uh, entrance, like you say, with the kind of the, the chanting and the, the spookiness kind of built to it all... Um, was this the, the first time you ever came out in the paint? I think it was, wasn't it? Uh, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely, like, I actually rewatched the match earlier on today just to 
to see the the song like being used and it all it all worked as a presentation so well um like the, the moment he kicks in the, the coffin door or kicks the door off the coffin and like he appears and you get that like you say the, the mix coming in the and uh the song kicks in and it all um fit like and it did come off like that kind of big time like you say one time presentation yeah and what i love about the entrance as well uh is that when the lid pops off and devit comes out and he's all painted up he has got like this total death stare on his face and he's slowly trudging to the ring he's dragging the belt behind him the other bullet club guys they're there they're cheering him on but the whole time devit just keeps staring at ibushi in the ring like he's a monster stalking his prey it's an awesome entrance and it's the beginning of quote-unquote demon king devit and what's great about all of that is it wasn't the usual Prince Devitt shtick, where he's being cocky and taunting his opponent and the finger guns and all that stuff. He was 100% in this different mindset and locked into this whole other persona. It made it seem like even more of a big deal. It, it almost felt like something he was, he was uh, attempting to do to kind of throw Ibushi off. And like, it was like, like you say, he never, like, I felt like he never even blinked on his entrance. He was just constantly staring at the ring and staring down Ibushi. Like, there was nobody else in the dome. The music didn't matter. Like, it was just, like you say, a, a stiff concentration on, on Ibushi trying to uh, throw him off. Yeah, and uh, I don't know if this was intentional or not, but the subtitle, Breaking Point Tokyo Dome version, was quite apt because it was like Devitt had reached a breaking point of sorts within himself. And he had to access this dark side in order to uh, get an edge over his opponent and we still see that to this day obviously with the whole demon stuff that he does yeah <laughs> I, I, re- I really don't have much more to add on the uh, song itself because it's just it's kind of like the similar to the, the previous one and of course when Devitt was in the Bullet Club he sometimes came out to the Bullet Club theme the first one this is by Deviant and Naive Ted it's called Last Chance Saloon is another song that i think is just so cool from the jump with the it sets the tone right away it's got that non-stop staccato flow to it the percussion is pronounced really well in the mix there's again that hint of malice with the deep bass that the gunshot sound effects it's electronica similar to david's singles theme 
it's just, it's so cool and badass, and it's really one of my favorite stable themes of all time, Lee. Yeah, I, I, I love this, like it, I almost say it begins with like two gunshots, you get one gunshot at the start, and then you get the like, the, the build up, the anticipation, builds and builds and builds, and then you get the next gunshot and the beat kicks in, and it's it, like, it, it's like a slightly kind of hip hop type beat, and I think this, I, I love the song, I do love this one a lot as well. Um, and I actually think having Kenta just torn heel um, and because joining the Bullet Club, I actually think this song would suit him enormously. Yeah, and um, what I like about it especially is that it doesn't shove the Bullet Club shtick down your throat. Because the current Bullet Club theme, Shot em, it does that with the Bullet Club 4444 life and too sweet! It feels very, hey, look how obnoxious we are, DX, NWO, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Whereas this is a song that works for the Bullet Club, but it could also work well on its own. It's just a cool song. Yeah, this is like, the way I describe it is the original Bullet Club. This is Bullet Club at its dirtiest, its meanest. And I think using it again kind of signifies a return to that. Right, right. And uh, as far as the title goes, Last Chance Saloon, according to one definition, that is a place that is frequented by unsavory or contemptible people. And I'd say that fits the Bullet Club quite well. And uh, the theme song, too, because it's not some happy, dancey song. It's sharp and biting and, and badass. Yeah, and like you can imagine like when the Bullet Club were coming out to this, they would have been facing off at like... Uh, high energy era Tanahashi and like the contrast between that and this is uh, very stark right yeah um, by the way uh, Deviant and Naive Ted I looked them up they are also from Ireland oh, they're from Limerick okay. so little connection to Devitt right there and if you look up a photo or video of Naive Ted when he's DJing he DJs in a Rey Mysterio mask so that's <laughs> probably why they did the Bullet Club theme because they're they're big wrestling fans I did not know that. I'm going to look them up after this. <laughs> so in the summer of 2014, uh, Devitt leaves New Japan and signs with WWE. He debuts there later that fall in NXT under the new name Finn Balor, which is a reference to Irish mythology. Finn McCool was this Irish warrior, and Balor was this Gaelic demon king, which, hint, hint, ties into part of his gimmick. He debuts his new theme in November 2014, It's by CFOs. It's called Catch Your Breath.
So say what you will about CFOs, but they know how to make an intro, because this rules. And it does such a great job of starting with the minimum, the heartbeat, and slowly building up the tension and building up the drama. So you start with the heartbeat, that dun-dun, dun-dun, by itself. It's, it's all mysterious and quiet and spooky. Then you hear the boom, 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 and it's all echoey. And then more of that gets added to the mix. And then the distorted guitars come in, and the heart starts beating faster and faster. And then it all builds up and builds up and builds up until it stops. Then you get the... Which is where the title comes in. Catch your breath. And then BAM! And it does such a great job of setting the mood and getting you pumped up and telling you, Hey, something big is coming. Get ready. And that's what the best themes do, Lee. Yeah, this feels big time. Even from the first time you hear it, you hear this and you just go, oh, okay. You kind of like, even listen to you describe it there and kind of nod my head going, yeah, I can hear it, I can hear it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, and just it just feels like a big time thing. And yeah, like you, like I, I love the heartbeat, just a dun dun, dun dun, dun. And then, like you say, the drums come in and it gets a bit more o- ominous and ominous and it's, it builds and builds, and then, like you say, just boom, the guitar, and it's just, ah, oh, it's just amazing. I'd say this is probably the best C- CFO song, I think. Yeah, it's one of their better songs, for sure, I'd say. And um, what I like about the rest of it is that it's this mix of, like, you know, rock slash metal and the strings with the dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun, which is not a sound that Balor has had before. You know, he's had either rock or EDM or something like that, he hasn't had this orchestral rock mix, but I think it works for him because it still sounds cool and badass, it feels epic and grand in scale, but it's also acknowledging that it's another fresh start for Balor in his career and in his persona. Like, when he changed from You're the Best to Real Rock and Rolla, that signaled a big change from good guy Prince Devitt to asshole bullet club leader Prince Devitt. And now he's changed again to good guy Finn Balor, who also has this uh, dark side demon persona within him. Yeah, and I think I, the, the song almost fits both sides. It's like a, a little bit from the good guy Balor side, to, and you can kind of see the demon in the song as well. Like It, it all feels like you hear the song, you see the entrance, and it, you get the impression that it was just made to fit the Finn Balor character. Right, yeah, and I think it's different too in that now we've got a Balor theme that the fans can participate in because when it gets to the dun 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 Balor raises his arms up and the crowd does it with him. So it's this communal thing between Balor and the fans, which again, we haven't had before. Uh, you know, usually it's just Devitt coming out to his song and the crowd either cheering or booing him. Now we can bring the fans into the entrance and make him more popular that way. And I think it makes for a pretty cool visual as well. Yeah, like, um, I know when I'm watching wrestling with my son, and, like, he's six, and when Balor's entrance comes on, he'll kind of stop, and he'll stop what he's doing, and he'll get up and do the arms, and, like, duck down and do them again, and it, it's that interactive thing, like, people love that. They love being a part of something. And, like, this, this one, it's just instantly recognisable. Like, you, you know instantly that it's Balor coming to the ring. And, like, you get to take part if you choose to. Like, people just love that. And 
that that's what this is. Like it's a great theme song. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know he used it as his main theme for about a year, and then he switched over to the next song, which we'll get to soon. But this song he still keeps for the demon entrances, and you know. We've seen the demon entrance a bunch of times, and it can lose its luster after a while, I think. But still, the first time you see it, it's really cool. With the smoke and the red lights, and you can't really see him at first, and the boom, 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 boom. And then there's the big reveal where he starts slinking down to the ring. It looks awesome, and I think it is good that he's just using this version for the demon entrance. Because if he just had this whole big intro as regular Finn Balor, I think it would get a little tiring after a while, Lee. Yeah, I mean, I think it, I think it perfectly... The best time to go back and watch them is, like, the old NXT takeovers. I think I think some of those entrances are, like, just amazing to look back at. Like, the uh, Jack the Ripper one at NXT London. Oh, yeah, yeah. One of my favourites. I thought that was just magnificent, like... Yeah, that was a cool one with uh, the knives and the hat. Yeah, that was pretty cool, yeah. So, uh, like I said, in December 2015, Balor debuts a new version of Catch Your Breath that he still uses to this day as his uh, regular theme. It's again by CFOs. This is Catch Your Breath Remix. not much to say about this one uh it's mostly the same as the original i know that the instrumentation is a little bit different but the big change of course is the intro where it's a lot shorter and the distorted guitar is a lot more streamlined and they've added some percussion as well and then it does a quick ramp up to the breath and we go from there so again not much to really break down here lee no i think it's it's pretty much the same just with the shortened intro the just to quickly get to the the intake of Brett and just kind of get get him out there for the fans a bit quicker. Yeah, I mean, you still get some semblance of a build-up here. You still get a little bit of a ramp-up and the breath and so forth, but yeah, it's fine for regular Finn Balor. Um, but, but still, I think Finn just coming out to this song with the smoke and the leather jacket on and popping the collar and the it's still a cool visual in its own right. Oh yeah, it's it's still very cool and like it fits perfectly with the like I say, it fits both sides of the character. Um, so it's still a, a very cool entrance. And yeah, I, I, like I say, I think it's one of the best entrance songs in WWE at the moment. All right, those were the themes of Finn Balor slash Prince Devitt, and uh, you know Balor's WWE run. It's not been perfect, obviously. Um, as of right now, he is actually still the longest reigning NXT champion of all time, historically, which is pretty cool. 
He's a multi-time intercontinental champion as well. Uh, first ever universal champion, which some may forget. But at the same time, he also had to vacate the belt after one day because of injury. And ever since then, it seems like he's never been able to get back in that consistent main event spot. He's sort of been stuck in that kind of mid to upper mid card muck ever since, which I think is a real shame because I think he can do more. But, you know, he'll always have the New Japan run, of course, the Bullet Club legacy, uh, some really good WWE matches under his belt, uh, the title wins as well. Um, the chisel dabs. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I guess in the grand scheme of things, Lee, it's not all bad. He, he's doing just fine, I think. No, I mean, the guy has a, a pretty good career. Like, I mean, I don't think he has much to complain about. Um, yeah, I mean, I'd love to see WWE doing more with him. Like, if, But he seems very happy where he's at. He doesn't seem to be pushing to do any more. Like, he doesn't seem unhappy. So, you know, if he's happy... Why should we complain about it, you know? Yeah, you know, just put some ointment on that neck of his and he'll be good to go. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure we're going to see some version of The Fiend and The Demon come together at some point very soon. Well, you know, we do have to make up for that Demon versus Sister Abigail match that we lost, <sighs> you know? So, got to fill that gap somewhere, right? <laughs> what, what Wasn't that like a, a pumpkin version of uh, the, the Demon? <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, Pumpkinhead Finn, that's right, yeah. <laughs> Sounds like something they'd push in the video game these days. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> All right, well, that's going to do it for this episode of Music of the Mat. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, Lee, thank you again for being on here. This was just an absolute blast. No problem. I'm glad to do it. I love doing the show. love listening to the show every time it comes out. And yeah, happy to be here. It was great fun. Uh, any plugs you want to give? Go right ahead. Oh, yeah. Uh, follow my podcast at wcw thunderpod on twitter uh we're available on the pwo podcast network we drop a new show every two weeks obviously watching thunder and the wcw pay-per-views we like to see how insane wcw is if you don't actually watch nitro we make fun of a lot of the wrestlers it's great (laughs) (laughs) i'm sure you get your fill of uh prince iokea and Lenny Lane and Scott Putzky and all those guys, right? Well, we re- recently christened uh, Prince Ikea, Prince Ikea. <laughs> so, the king of flat pack wrestling. And uh, Music of the Mat is part of the Voices of Wrestling podcast network. You can check out all of the great podcasts on there at VoicesOfWrestling.com. Follow the show on Twitter at Music of the Mat. Follow me on Twitter at Andrew T. Rich. Check out the YouTube playlist for this and all past episodes at the VW forums. That's voicesofwrestling.com slash forum. And of course, rate, review, subscribe on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and many other places. Uh, Lee, thank you again, and I'll see you around. See you, Andrew. Thanks. All right, for Lee Mal- all right, for Lee Malone, I'm Andrew Rich, and I'll see you next time on Music of the Mat. Take care, guys. Captain fucking New Japan, get the fuck out of here. Music of the Mad is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. The songs used throughout this show are property of their respective copyright holders.